What is marriage? And what is it all about? I had one guy ask me recently, can you tell me in a paragraph what your message on marriage is? Wow. I had to pause and pray to answer this one. I asked him, what is the greatest reward and joy for a teacher? And what is their hope and motivation with all the paperwork, low pay, and long hours they must endure? With very little hesitation, he said, for the kids to flourish. I told him, what about that one child that was struggling and was losing hope? By pouring into this child and helping him or her through their struggle of doubts and fears, this teacher helped this child overcome and succeed. Would that not be the greatest joy a teacher can experience? Would this make teaching worth it? Well, I can testify that the greatest joy and privilege we can experience in marriage is to have the one person who we are building our lives together, who we choose to love, to see them flourish and free from their struggles so they can be all that God wants them to be. I get to be the one person in my wife's life to whom I care for and be the voice reminding her of God's love. God wants me to experience the greatest joy in life by helping my wife overcome her doubts, past hurts, and fears that hold her back from experiencing true love and joy. She was just as much in pain as I am, and this pain gets reflected in our relationship. Freedom from this endless cycle, hurt, and disappointment starts when either spouse no longer wants to hold on to their expectation but want to help see the other person grow and experience joy. You know, just holding on to my frustrations and disappointment was poisoning my marriage. When I choose to focus on helping the other person instead of lashing out in self-defense, both of us experience release from bitterness, pain, and making room for us to share joy with each other. In order to learn more about her, I started to pay attention to patterns in our conversations and how she reacted to me and to other people and situations around us. Before this, I believed the lie that it was my wife's responsibility to fix her own insecurities. It was wrong for me to let her struggle on her own, since both of our insecurities were affecting each other. What I do or don't do affects her. However, I learned that neither of us are responsible for the insecurities the other person brings to our marriage. But we are responsible for making it worse. Think about this. If I can help bring healing and speak truth to her lies, but choose just to point the finger and watch her struggle alone, then I am just as much responsible for damaging this marriage. But how can I learn how to help her? You'd think all I need to do is just sit her down and ask a bunch of questions, and all the answers would just flow out. Yeah, right. Breaking down the emotional barriers takes a lot of trust and time. But the alternative is just perpetual isolation. Bottom line, no interaction, no marriage. Wanting her to trust me and help her cast out the very deep lies she was believing about herself motivated me to find activities that we can do together that would lend into meaningful conversations. When we watch movies, now I make it a point to share how I feel about the characters and get feedback from her. If I related to a certain character's struggle, I would share it and ask her to share as well. After church, we talk about the sermon and how God spoke to us. 
I made sure that both of our schedules were free to enjoy family time together on the weekends and ensure that we were building memories and sharing our lives together. As we did, meaningful conversations just came naturally. I enjoyed playing regular date nights and would look forward to the opportunity to encourage her when we had a special event, such as a speaker or a performance that came around, something that would encourage both of us and facilitate uplifting conversation. I had to be honest. It's hard for me to have a natural conversation when we're constantly apart and have very little in common throughout the week to talk about. I just can't sit down with my wife and just have a conversation for conversation's sake. My brain isn't wired for that. I found it's a lot easier for me to interact if it's centered on activities we're doing together. This works very well. We connect when we're planning the activity, discuss what we want to do, how we're going to do it, interact during the activity, and talk about it after it's done. I make emotional connections with her, and it happens a lot more naturally. There's less pressure. It's not forced or awkward. It's a lot easier for me to express my emotions and how I'm feeling while focusing on something we're doing together. If I accept this as true, then I need to be proactive on guiding our family schedule and ensuring that we are together so that my wife and I can interact in a more stress-free, natural way. It doesn't have to be an all-day outing. It could just be going to Walmart together. This is critical. Just spending the day doing separate things makes it harder to connect, and we don't learn anything about each other. If we don't make changes, the danger is that over time, we would rather be alone or with other people than being together. One thing that really helped us grow as a couple was to find a way to minister together, working together to bless others. So I volunteered us to teach Sunday school as a couple. This worked out great. My wife and I would spend time interacting while preparing, and we were learning each other's strengths. It was enjoyable talking about how it went, how each child reacted, and what creative things we can do to make it better. Our interactions were insightful and natural. We also volunteered to cook for our church special events and family camp. It was fun. The kids were often joining their friends, and we really enjoyed serving the campers as husband and wife team. Instead of our interactions centered on what we are not getting from each other, we can enjoy the conversations and focus on blessing each other. When we are together, now I have a sense of purpose to our conversation. I really need to pay attention on how she interacts to learn what were her struggles, what I can do or need to say to build her up. With this new focus, I started to see patterns of specific fears and self-doubts based on lies she believed. For her, she felt deep fear of rejection, feeling that she was not lovable. It was my open door to speak truth and reassure her that she was loved. Because of the deep wounds she experienced as a child, trusting that she is love was going to require that I seek out quality time to reassure her and help her dispel the lies she was holding on to. Once I understand her deep wound, I felt so much shame. Here I was complaining about how she treated me, not seeing that she needed someone to be God's reminder of love for her. I don't deserve this marriage, just like I don't deserve God's forgiveness or his passionate love for me. Yet he wants me to know the same joy he feels when we receive his love. Knowing the depths of God's love for us frees us from our fears. So God answered my question, what is marriage? 
Marriage was created to be an incredible life-changing adventure as I learned to love someone else who is just as much needing someone to love them as I want to be loved. Let me repeat. Marriage was created to be an incredible life-changing adventure as I learned to love someone else who is just as much needing someone to love them as I want to be loved. To see my wife flourish under my care, it's one of the greatest joys in this life. This is what God intended for all of us, to reflect His love when He made us in His image, both male and female. By choosing not to see each other through our own desires, we respect and serve each other, fulfilling the second greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. When I finally understood what God was telling me to do, I had to face the damage that was already done. She was too afraid to express her true thoughts and was deeply hurting inside. She was trying to deal with her struggle on her own. I needed to pay attention to how she was reacting to me and restrain myself from being defensive. I am to tear down walls. I need to focus on building her up and assure her that I loved her and I will not leave her. I will not add to her pain, but will rebuild her trust in me. This was huge. My attitude changed from, why is she treating me like this? And why was she not being the wife I needed her to be? To, what is her struggle? And how can I help her to dispel her fears and doubts? This change in attitude was life-changing. All this time, I was looking at this marriage to my own selfish desires and how they were not met. Why did it not occur to me that she struggles with the same basic fears and doubts that I do? Why do I expect her to love me when I struggle to love her? This marriage is about God-given opportunity to help my spouse remove the barriers keeping her from experiencing and believing how God values her. To help her with her fears, doubts, and lies that she is not loved. God put us together so we can understand his love and stop being consumed with ourselves and learn to love each other with the same love we receive from Christ. When we pursue this, we will reflect his image in the best way. Marriage is an exclusive relationship. We are not called to give ourselves like this just to anyone. I only have time and energy for this kind of relationship to devote to one person. It's with the person who I am most intimate with and building a family and life together. It makes sense. To make my wife a priority and to help the most important person in my life experience true spiritual growth and to gain her trust. If I do this, the whole family wins. Also, I have brought our marriage back to where it started, back to our first love. Is God's design for marriage not brilliant? I understand what my calling in marriage is. It is to devote myself to loving my wife because she needs it, even when I feel rejected or not appreciated. Earning her trust took time. In the beginning, she did not receive my assurances or trust my intentions. She feared the pain of conflict and wanted to avoid reconciliation. If I give her what she wants and just ignore the problem, then she will not grow through this and learn to trust my love for her. I will just keep catering to her struggle to keep the peace and nothing will change. I need to push beyond what I want. 
This marriage is no longer about what I need, but how I can be the person in her life that she can trust and receive love from. For example, she wanted to avoid conflict and deep conversation, since it brought up feelings of failure and condemnation. However, I reassured her that she was not condemned or rejected, and if she trusts me, she would experience a relationship much more fulfilling than the one that catered to her fears. If I just avoided reconciliation, then she would not know the confident love both God and I have for her. If I just appeased her, we would remain separated emotionally. I would just confirm her guilt and her lies, that our marriage is a failure and that she is not worthy of love. But if I'm consistent and give her what she needs, not reacting to everything she expresses, then she will respect my love for her. Think about this. Who would reject someone who they are convinced they truly love them? I understand this because I understand Christ's uncompromising love for me. When I understood this, I was drawn to him. As her husband, I do not want to give up this privilege of being her reminder of God's love in her life. What a special calling. Imagine the kind of relationship you will have with your spouse if they are convinced that you are the one person in their life that truly loves them and is devoted to their spiritual and emotional growth. A friendship with your wife that is based upon the love and care you shown her. This is the kind of friendship I long for, and I don't want to miss out on it. Once I focus on how I can address some of her deepest fears, hurts, and doubts, all the weight of my disappointments, hurts, and angers towards her disappeared. I was free to see her in a new light. Instead of seeing someone who is stubborn and disconnected, now I see her as somebody who is deeply wounded, struggling with voices of guilt, condemnation, and rejection. All this time we were married, I didn't pay attention to the hurt she had experienced as a child. As a result of my selfishness, she too was also disappointed in this marriage. She lost hope of finding the love that she was missing in her life. To be honest, just knowing this is not enough. I was not able to love her out of my own strength. The problem with me is that I needed to experience love myself. As I understood what I needed to do, I just did not have the ability to fix my issues or motivate myself to do the right thing. The real issue for me was that I needed to trust and believe in God's love for me before I can hope to understand and help my wife through her struggles. If I am to push aside my needs for her, then this meant that I needed to be convinced that God's love is enough and that he will meet my needs as I obey my calling to be her husband. Before I can do marriage God's way, I needed to get right with God and confess my own fears, doubts, and selfishness. My childhood was also dark, and I too felt abandoned as I was often left home alone growing up. My greatest fear was being rejected and find myself forever alone. I was holding on to bitterness against my wife, feeling used and ignored. Years of anger and distress was built up in my heart as I felt her reason for marrying me was all a lie and that I had a right to condemn her. These feelings were destructive and was making my worst fears of rejection come true. You know, it was my selfishness, my actions toward her that was destroying the very marriage I wanted. It was only trusting in God's love for me that I can experience a breakthrough. It was this journey to love my wife and to help her flourish drastically 
fueled my desire to know Christ in a deep way. I needed to experience him. The truth is, like my wife, I have rejected God's true love for me. If I was to love her the same way Christ loves me, then I needed to start from scratch and throw out all my previous concepts of what Christ said and did. I reread the Gospels and wanted to learn how Christ pursued and loved me. After reading all four Gospels three times, it was clear that Christ came to demonstrate his love for us and speak truth to our lives that we desperately needed to hear. He took the initiative and committed himself to remove the barrier to our relationship with him. He suffered and died for us, not because he needed to do it, because we needed him to do it. He gave to us for our benefit, even when we did not understand or accept it. He gave us what we needed, not what we wanted, even if it meant we would reject him. God did not accept our separation from him and did not want us to exist without experiencing his love. He gave what he needed for us to heal our relationship with him. I can think of no better example and demonstration of love. Who will love me more than Christ? I need to follow him, not to hold on to my past. Now I have hope things will change. What I needed to do is to give my wife the same reassurance and commitment Christ gives me to see our marriage grow. Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I loved you. This is what I prayed. Jesus, because you love me so completely, I need to honor and obey you by learning how to love my wife and give her what she needs, just as you did for me. This is what marriage is. It's a powerful relationship where we reflect God's love and joy to each other, using Christ as our example. If I'm going to rebuild this marriage, then I need to see the blueprints and details. What is my role as a husband? What is her role as a wife? What should we be striving towards? I need to go back to the first marriage before it was all messed up. I need to go back to Eden. If you were touched by this message and would like to go deeper into your relationship, my wife and I have written a book, Empty, A Couple Study of Marriage, and it's available on Amazon. Also, if you'd like to learn more about us and some tips on marriage, visit our website, www.emptynomore.org. That's www.emptynomore.org. Thanks for listening.